you very much for joining me for a coffee with the editor. It's nice to meet you in person. It's uh, actually quite a special day for the Alstom group. The first year anniversary of the transaction with Bombardier Transport, or BTSA. Uh, no, it's not BTSA, BT. it's just BT. Mm. Okay. So now that that's kind of done, I saw the press release come out on the 29th. What does it mean and, and where are you guys at with that process? Good morning, Philippe. So, it's been uh, over the last year, since the 29th of January last year, a, a very interesting uh, journey. As you know, uh, BT was a group that uh, almost equivalent size of uh, our. Integration has been, I have to say, going pretty well uh, over the last year. Uh, we had a, a large number of challenges, of course, by integrating the group. But um, at least uh, from what I can see uh, at the Southern Africa perimeter, which is my perimeter, uh, we worked a lot with uh, the, the BT teams locally to ease as much as we can the integration of the people, the integration of the sites, and the integration as well of the new uh, partners we having throughout the, the, the different joint ventures that are here or were here under uh, uh, Bombardier. Well, congratulations. You know, as an anniversary, it's quite an important milestone to at least acknowledge. So kind of let's get back on track in terms of Alstom here in South Africa. It's a big group with, with many kind of little subsidiaries. And I think some people kind of, um, or perhaps don't really understand the size and the significance of the organization. If I could ask you just to break down each group and the, the levels of which Alstom is involved? Yes, so we have um, uh, mainly uh, entities in uh, South Africa. Uh, we have uh, a project, a couple of projects that are very active as well in Tanzania. They are mainly around uh, supply and signaling, and they'll be active for another two, three years. In South Africa, so now that we have integrated BT uh, activities, so the Alstom Group is a perimeter of, of around uh, 1,900 people. Uh, and the 1,900 people is, is broken down in basically five legal entities. One is the headquarter here. We are about uh, 25 people. And uh, then we have a large entity manufacturing plant in Dunotar which uh, is Gibela, and Gibela is realizing the, the project for Praza of uh, EMUs, all these new blue and gray trends you've been seeing uh, running on Mabo Panel Line uh, lately, mm -hmm. uh, which is a great success for uh, uh, end user, uh, by the way. So this entity is now uh, close to uh, a bit more than a thousand people. We have a second entity that supply components uh, for this project. Main components, I would say, traction converters, bogies, uh, uh, auxiliary converters, uh, uh, passenger information system. This entity is Ubunye in, in Nigel. They are uh, now close to 515 people. These are the two main manufacturing sites. Then we have uh, an entity in uh, Isando which is manufacturing uh, basically all the power modules for the Trax project, around 130 people. And then we have uh, our JV in, uh, for Gautrain, doing the maintenance uh, of the Gautrain uh, trains, uh, which are around the same, 130, 140 people. So we, we are not very much scattered, 
we are mainly uh, concentrated in, in Houten, and we have a large panel, I would say, of activities. So since we integrated Bombardier, basically, uh, we had before a presence in the EMU, so trains. Uh, then with the integration of Bombardier, we are much more present in service, like uh, Gau train, and uh, as well uh, in component and locomotive uh, business uh, uh, on the tracks project. And we have, by the way, as well, a team of uh, 35 people following up uh, the production of uh, Transnet Engineering in, uh, in Durban. So let's talk about the expanding footprint. You're very active here in South Africa and you've just touched basically on Tanzania. What are you guys busy with in Africa? Uh, in Africa, we, we're busy uh, on, on many things. First of all, South Africa, we still have a way to go because uh, our projects are still growing. They are not all uh, up to speed. Uh, so I think, uh, like instant, for instance, the EMUs, uh, we are producing uh, from four to five trains per month. Actually, we need to go up to six within the next uh, year. So it's, it's a big challenge because uh, it's not only us and our capacity to uh, produce trains, but it's as well to take with us the 130, 140 suppliers uh, that we have developed in South Africa. And all of them have to grow uh, and grow their capacity to make sure we meet the demand of the customer. So basically, we have in South Africa a challenge which is more uh, uh, ramping up and ramping up uh, with the right level of expertise and, and quality. Uh, Tanzania, uh, which is a, a booming uh, market. We have already there two uh, signaling projects. We'll try to get more uh, <laughs> out of that uh, and see uh, as well uh, if we can extend uh, this signaling activity and expertise uh, uh, to South Africa, to Zambia and Namibia, because the needs in signaling are basically a bit everywhere to enhance a little bit the capability of the of the respective networks of uh, of each country. In your view, what would be your key highlight project? Uh, Gibela is uh, is uh, is a big focus for us because it's uh, high demand. It's as well uh, uh, a big development that has been done over years. I mean, uh, we started from a situation in 2013 when this contract was signed where. Basically, the, the, the train industry was no longer there. We've come up with a, a large investment in, uh, in the new factory, which is more than a billion rand of uh, investment. We've developed, uh, I think, more than 200 engineers, employees, not only engineers, uh, all type of employees have been trained and have been traveled to Europe, to Brazil. So we've tried over the last years to enhance the capability of and the knowledge of all these people within the plant. And as well, as I was saying, I mean, uh, we don't work alone. Uh, all suppliers have to come with us. So large efforts have been done in redeveloping a supplier panel that was not existing. And as well to work with all types of communities around uh, local, local procurement. So it, it's, uh, it, it's a big, I would say, uh, cornerstone of revitalizing in some ways the, the rail industry in the, in the country. So th that's for us one focus. Uh, second focus is that uh, we would like to, to, to be much more, uh, I would say, uh, represented and proactive in, in the signaling area because there are large needs in the uh, Austral Africa. 
we are very much present in Tanzania, but we would like to expand a little more, do more in, in South Africa, do more in uh, Namibia, do more in Zambia, where I think it's going to happen probably soon. Why? Because it's important to, uh, with our current customer, uh, demonstrate that we are not a rolling stock-based provider, but we are a company that can provide complete system. I don't think uh, the countries around are yet at the stage of launching large tankies. Maybe we can discuss about that a bit later. But, but uh, at least uh, we have to show and prove that uh, in terms of at least rolling stock, component, signaling, we are here. We are here for long. It's our aim. And uh, we want to support uh, our customers in developing and enhancing the quality of their, uh, their network. You touched on a couple of things that that are quite interesting in my view. The one is revitalizing of the rail industry. And I think in South Africa, we have seen pretty much the annihilation of our rail mm -hmm. industry, not just our railway infrastructure, but our, our manufacturers and suppliers who were traditionally supply into the sector. What, what are your views on both the revitalization of the rail industry and of course your supplier development? Like how, how, is, how does that process work hand in hand? Very interesting question. <laughs> the, the, the point is uh, programs like uh, the, the one of Praza for the EMUs are driving a number of things. And I think these things are setting along together quite properly. Uh, you have a, a demand uh, from the customer to enhance the fleet. Okay, fleet is old fleet, has to become new fleet. And at the same time, a new fleet is bringing a new technology. Okay, so this new technology with, uh, I would say, the local, I would say, requirement constraints of localization that we're we, we fulfilling, pushes all the, the, the OEMs to come and take suppliers with them and develop them as well in terms of technology and readopting, reinvesting, retraining, and enhancing their level to adapt to the new I would say, a type of railways or rolling stock we will find in the country. I find it virtuous. Uh, we have a lot of suppliers working with us. Uh, I think, and we have to be honest, the, the beginning has been very hard because you come from one view of what the capacity has to be, what the skills have to be, what the technology has to be implemented, capital investment, to a completely different paradigm. Uh, which is, uh, we change the world and we go to something else. And they have been very eager to come with us. Uh, and uh, I think uh, if you visit Gibela today, you, you will see the result, which is uh, quite impressive. It is a very impressive facility. Six trains a month? Yeah. Um, will that be your peak? Well, for the time being, is the, it is the peak. The peak is at uh, around 62 trains per year. Okay. We should, as per the contract demand, stabilize around 62 trains uh, until the end of the, of the contract, the 600 trains. So. And when does the contract end? Uh, it's somewhere around 2030. And has that been impacted by, by COVID? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I'm sure delivery for everybody has been impacted by COVID. Well, what is the knock-on impact well, well, 
what has not been impacted by by COVID. Eh? Uh, that, that's uh, that's the question. Uh, yes, we've been very much impacted by COVID. I mean, we've been impacted in uh, several ways. The first one is uh, directly uh, on the plant or in suppliers' premises, uh, where people were not there, were sick or were isolated or uh, were uh, working from home as well. So uh, we had to readapt our ways of working. And I think we did it quite well because in the end, uh, most of the people continued to be present in the factory. So our, all, I have to say and admit that all of our protocols in place worked quite well. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, I mean, we've been through these uh, waves, uh, successive waves, and uh, we've been impacted in terms of absenteeism, for sure, uh, and like, uh, like our supplier. The second is that uh, we had uh, uh, lots of uh, breaches in our supply chain. Uh, not only uh, from our supplier to here, but as well a large number of commodities uh, that were down at a given time. Uh, it was difficult to find steel, uh, stainless steel was difficult and still difficult to find uh, chips for uh, electrical components. Uh, it's been a while, uh, for a while, uh, a shortage of, uh, of uh, containers. Uh, so there has been a, a large impact mainly on the supply chain, so which has uh, an effect on two things. The first one, the capacity of our supplier and ourselves to, to deliver. And the second, the cost itself of the product, the end product we are buying uh, to our supplier, because uh, when you have shortage of something, you immediately have uh, an impact on the price. Let's just touch on another one of your key projects being, I suppose, maybe how Is there an extended future there? Well, it's difficult to predict. Uh, what is for sure is that Gout Train will continue after the end of the concession, at least the existing line. What is it going to become for the extension? I, we don't know. It's not up to us to, uh, to make that decision. And, and for the existing project, I have to say that, uh, that we have a, a, a happy customer, I believe as well a happy uh, end user taking trains every day. We have reached a, a, a very good level of performance within the contract in terms of availability and reliability. And I think we can be proud of what has been done really uh, over the last uh, decade uh, around these uh, Gautrain services. So the team is still working on that. Uh, I think the end of the concession will be uh, in 2026. And then uh, I think earlier than that, a couple of years before, uh, probably we will know the intention of, uh, of a GMA and what has to happen next. That we don't know. That we don't know today. What is from a South Africa and an Africa perspective? You've spoken about signaling. What is going to be your product portfolio focus for this region? Urban development. We have a portfolio available. So today, uh, EMU, locomotives, components, service. We are very much and very closely. Uh, I would say, uh, in touch with uh, lots of uh, cities in the, in the region. So Luanda for Metro, uh, Dar es Salaam, Kigali, uh, Johannesburg, uh, so uh, Harare, uh, so, so, uh, and even in Botswana for, uh, for service activity. And so what we can see coming up is that uh, the, the 
the need of urban development is there. The portfolio associated to that can be uh, many faults. You can have a tramway, uh, you can have a metro, we can have a monorail. There are plenty of solutions existing today. The key driver will be the maturity of each stakeholder to, to launch this project in terms of feasibility study, but as well in terms of financing to see uh, when it can happen and how it can happen. But uh, in both ways, I mean, we are here to support. Uh, we have tramways, we have monorail, we have metros, we have turnkey solutions. You've seen lately we opened the, the, the Expo Link in, uh, in Dubai. Uh, we are uh, as well working in Riyadh on uh, five metro lines. I mean, uh, we have capabilities that are uh, very outstanding on the market and uh, we have to put that available in this region as well to, uh, to try to see how we can uh, help cities uh, to improve that, uh, to improve the, the, uh, the urbanization and, uh, and the well-being and, uh, and ease the, the, the life of the end user uh, on a daily basis. The other portfolio is, uh, and we always talk about that, is uh, what is high-speed train going to, to become? Is it uh, going to be a reality one day? And uh, we estimate on our side as well that uh, there are few big cities that could go for, uh, for uh, high-speed links be it Johannesburg, Durban, be it Johannesburg, Polo Kwane, Lucina. I mean, there are lots of traffic. Uh, unfortunately, yet uh, not all the, the passenger studies are, are done, at least up to my knowledge. But uh, yeah, there are, there are opportunities of seeing, I hope, in the, in the future, uh, this project developing, which are uh, a very good step ahead. It's not only about uh, railways, but it's as well uh, about everything that comes around the railway. So develop urban development, commuting faster, thing that goes with uh, people being able to move in a country in a much faster and safer way. The next kind of 12 months, and I, I want to talk about it in two separate categories. Mm -hmm. I want you to outline your thoughts on the rail industry in general, and then what your vision is for Alstom and the rail industry over the next 12 months? In some way, what we want in the next 12 months is uh, all the current projects we have to, to continue uh, to develop and to reach their maturity level uh, with a very happy customer. I mean, uh, uh, this is the key and uh, the center of our, say, daily life, uh, uh, customer satisfaction. The railway industry has to support that. I mean, in the sense that uh, there must be a pool. The pool is the need. The pool is uh, end user taking trains every morning. The pool is as well the customer, our direct customer, be it Transnet or Praza, to, 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 to use that product and be happy with them. And our efforts over the next 12 months are mainly focused on this delivery plan, saying, guys, we promised we do, and we do it at the expected uh, quality level. Be it material or be it uh, service, I mean, uh, it's the same. For that, again, I, I come back to what I said. I mean, we, we need to have a, a, a railway industry that supports fully uh, this scheme. And uh, 
we always uh, under, a bit underestimate uh, the efforts that are done uh, to, to take with us uh, 100, 150, 200 suppliers to, to adopt the same style of understanding in serving the, the end user and the customer. So that's our main effort basically for the year to come. That's for the delivery. For the growth side, uh, uh, it's more about uh, working very closely to different, uh, as I said, uh, municipalities, uh, state railways, and to try to understand as well uh, how we can support in further development of projects. Uh, and uh, we do already a lot on that. We know that there are lots of ambitions, plans, the question is always how to help to, to, to get this project materialized. So, and we, this is what we are going to try to focus as well in terms of business development. Because we know some orders are mature. We know some are at the very uh, kindergarten stage. And uh, we need to work in all the scale of uh, maturity of, uh, of development. So uh, basically two things, uh, deliver and as well uh, on the growth path and, and trying to uh, get access to not only new customer and new market, but uh, to push as well uh, some of our product lines that are not yet in the region. Are you looking at freight, the opportunities in the freight sector? We are a railway specialist in general. Uh, we've got, uh, currently we're executing the, the the Transnet locomotive contract. Uh, we are looking at freight, yes, in terms of providing, I would say, uh, freight solutions like locomotives. We are looking at freight in regard to providing service to uh, our customer, be it our own fleet or be it other fleets. We are not looking at freight in being operator or going behind our OEM stand. That's not, our, that's not our job, <laughs> as simple as that. Yeah. So, so, I mean, we remain in the perimeter of what we have in the group uh, and the solution we can provide that are proven solution, very effective. And this is what we want to, this is the value we want to bring to, to our customer. So I just want to get one more viewpoint from you in terms of our region and rail, and that is around technology. Mm -hmm. um, we're all talking about mm. new power sources, so be it battery, hydrogen, gas, I don't know, there's, <laughs> there's so many. What are your viewpoints on that? I mean, does, does our continent, I don't want to say does our continent need that, because obviously we need that from like an environmental perspective and, and all the rest of it, but do we have the money? to make those kind of transitions, and, and which would be more effective? There are more and more, I would say, um, uh, customers demanding uh, for alternative technologies, and which are all uh, in the frame of decarbonization. So we want to go from the, the grey or, or black, uh, I would say, uh, fossil energy, to the very blue or green one. And uh, lately, we've come up with uh, hydrogen trains, uh, solutions that uh, are working, by the way, very well. Uh, we have uh, contracts in uh, trains running in Germany, uh, soon in France as well. But, you know, that's a transition that must be 
managed not at a trend system. It has to be managed as a whole energy supply system. And this is where the difficulty lies. Because if tomorrow you want to have lines with hydrogen, we have it. We have a, a train solution with hydrogen. It's not going to be the difficult part. But it has to be thought through in the way that hydrogen, green one, has to come from somewhere. So there must be a production, be it South Africa. Namibia is launching as well uh, huge fields in uh, hydrogen production. Uh, then you have the hydrogen, you need to dispatch your fuel cells uh, somewhere and uh, basically if you talk about trains you must have access basically in depot and you must have the trains that are using these fuel cells uh, that will be probably uh, redesigned to, 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 to be hydrogen solution. So it's something that is not only, uh, in my view at least, at only the sole train operator decision. It's, it's a national, I would say, step. And this national or multinational, because it can be regional as well, uh, has to be well coordinated. And uh, I think lots of efforts must be done to develop new energy source. So that's for hydrogen. Uh, and uh, I mean, it's, a, it's a more than uh, do we have the money. It's a step deci state decision. As you want to go into infrastructure development, you can go into a diversity of, uh, of uh, power solutions. So, but more than hydrogen, you, you have much simpler solutions as well, uh, which can be batteries, as you said, which can be uh, power feeding from the ground. So, so there, are, uh, there are a number of solutions that can be put in place, but these ones are still related uh, into uh, electricity supply. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? We've said a lot, huh? <laughs> But, but uh, to, to end up on this uh, hydrogen, we, we have a lot of demand uh, to understand what these technologies are about. Uh, and I think it's very good as well to, to, uh, to bring this up to uh, our different customers. What is really available on the market and how it works? What is the return of experience of the countries that have already launched the process? Because it's important to know and understand which challenges they have faced, and then how it could be materialized. If the South African government gave you a blank check tomorrow, what would you do? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. Uh, th th there are plenty of, uh, I would say, of uh, things to do. I don't think uh, uh, the South African government uh, would wait for us to decide what has to be done. I think they have a, a, a view as well of uh, uh, be it government, Minister of Transport, or uh, different entities, uh, provinces of uh, what could be done. I, I mean, we've been talking for long uh, on developing uh, urban railways. Uh, so Lanzaria is coming uh, on the table, waterfalls. I think uh, enhancing the, 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 the common uh, transportation system uh, to a scale where a passenger can travel, travel I would say, uh, safely, but not only safely. I mean, uh, wh wh what people like is, uh, uh, we like to predict. We like to say, okay, if I, I know if I take the train at 8, at 8.20, I'm at this point. And I, I can forecast my day, you know. It's the more you have accurate system, 
the better it is for the life of people. Uh, so I think uh, urban transportation is definitely, and uh, not only in Jobourg, I think it's a bit everywhere, a, a, a key development for, uh, for cities. Uh, and then, uh, uh, yes, uh, why not uh, to start to think about uh, going much faster uh, between the big cities uh, with uh, high speed, uh, uh, not to say bullet trains, or uh, I think it's important to, uh, to, to think about that. Uh, without thinking and visualizing it, uh, it's difficult to make it happen someday. And on that note, Sam, thank you very much for joining me for a coffee with the editor. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me.